Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kuninagel podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Vollmer, Vice President of Global Sea Logistics Customer Engagement and Events at Kuninagel. You and I are about to embark on an exciting journey through the world of sea freight. I've been fortunate enough to have a front row seat to this industry's ups and downs over the past two decades. Now it's my pleasure to bring to you the latest developments, innovations, and solutions in this dynamic industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just curious about logistics, get ready for enlightening conversations and expert insights in our latest episode. Let's dive into the fascinating world of sea freight together and welcome our latest guest. Today, I have a very special guest here with me, Marcus Ryman, Senior Vice President of Sea Logistics for North America. Marcus, thank you for joining us. Hi, Sarah. I'm glad to be here. Today's topic that we're going to get into is all about working in this industry. And uh, I would say the the bit of a roller coaster sometimes it feels like. I mean, what do, what do you think, Marcus? Has the past few years felt like a little bit of a roller coaster within Sea Freight? No, roller coaster, um, stressful, rewarding. Um, chaos, afraid for so many things, you know, like we used to not use the word unprecedented anymore because now it's done, right? Well, I thought you banned that word though, yeah. actually. <clears throat> and I think I just was reading an article that um, Dallas, um, the Dallas rail yard um, terminal has no more backlog. So I think it's over. Who would have thought? How many, almost three years in and, and now no more backlog? Well, until the next supply chain disruption happens, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think we were just over the capacity of especially the U.S. infrastructure, and I'm not sure if we would actually be able to get there quickly again. Um, we never had as much volume. It was at one point, I think, import volumes were surging by 20%, and we were barely making it before, and 20% just put it over the top. And um I don't think that was normal either. And everybody who thought this was normal and we would continue to to grow like this, it's it shows that you don't make decisions in a crisis moment. You know, you should not base your worldview of chaos in a situation that was never there before. Um, we just had a customer here last week, and um, they have big stores. And they sound like a carrier, but are not a carrier. Okay, interesting. And even them, very, very conservative company in a way, mm-hmm. very progressive but conservative in how they approach business. Um, they said their buyers also thought that they would just continue like this and another 20 and another 20%. And in the end, of course, it didn't happen. No. So we are back to 2019. Okay. Fair enough, which, which, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, I mean, that is, a, it's really about, that's a more correct baseline, should we say, in terms of expected volumes and from a global shipping market. Yes. So forget the last two years, and then we will go from baseline, as you said, and then I think there is still what the pandemic has showed us, that there is so much potential for us to be better, to get more volume, to... Um, to provide more services to our customers and in the end, you know, be successful going forward. Okay. All right. Interesting. But let's take a step back because you didn't introduce yourself. So um, 
So I'm responsible for sea logistics to make it right uh, in North America. That's Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. I've been doing this for eight years now. Okay. Your current role or just in the industry no, as a whole? Current role, eight years. I'm in the industry now for 24 years. Um, so I just hit my mark where I am actually now almost longer with Cuninago with than with the prior company, which is Panopina, which is not around anymore, so I can say it. Okay. So I grew up in Panopina and started in Nuremberg, Germany, right out of college and worked there from 98 to 2006. In 2006, I moved to Detroit, Panopina, um, was the operations manager, then the branch manager, and then in 2000, end of 2010, 2011, I moved to Kuhnenago and came to Jersey City. Okay. But I'm always curious. So you mentioned that you, you started with, uh, which was a competitor, which is now not which is no longer in business. But how did you how did you get into it? Like you said it was right out of university. Did you hear about it? Did you study logistics? I know in Europe it's a bit different than in the United yeah. States and some other places. So I always loved geography and it was my favorite subject at school and I was not really sure what I'm going to do with my life and so I just you know I need to go to college so I started geography. Into this whole thing I'm like what are you going to do with this? You know, it's a little bit like a arts major, you know, like you mm -hmm. just start and there are two ways you can go into, you know, like a administration, meaning like city planning, okay. stuff like that, um, infrastructure, or you become a professor and, and teach. Both sounded horrible for me. <laughs> so. Okay, fair enough. So I was like just doodling around and see what I could do. And I was like always interested in uh, international, in international spacing of humans and how they interact and how you plan certain things and how this all works together. And this came up where it kind of I didn't Google back then, but I don't know. What did you do? You Yahoo'd or you, you remember the first search engine? I don't know. I think I was a baby back then. So, I, so anyway. <laughs> Before there was Google, you know, like I researched. <laughs> There's so many bad names these days researching in the, on the internet. Um, I was researching something I could do, and this sounded kind of fun. It's international. You will be able to move around. It's about, you know, people and goods being placed in, uh, in space, and you need to connect them. And it's essential in in human life. And actually, this industry goes back to the, to the Romans that, started this really to make this in a professional way and they had terracotta containers to move spices and all kinds of stuff around and that's when the first freight forwards were actually um first freight forwards were sh showing up on the planet so it's a long industry it's crucial for for life everything we do needs to be transported and um i just found it interesting and it sounded I could do something with my geography knowledge and I never left. Okay. You got sucked in. Mm -hmm. So you said about 24 years, yes, mm -hmm. in, in the industry. Do you think this is a fun industry? And, and I know the last few years that we touched upon a little bit already, and we've touched upon it in many of our podcasts, they've been challenging to, I think, to put it lightly. Um, you know, is it fun? And you have quite a large team as well that you're responsible for. Would they also say that it's fun? I hope they do. I cannot speak for them. But overall, I think it's very fun. It's just all the characters that are, you know, like 
assembled in this in this weird situation. It's not you go into industries and you go into you know like into specific fields. It just comes to my mind. Let's say um, hospitals, doctors. There are a certain type of personality. Do they have a diversity? Yes, but you need to be a certain way to do these kind of jobs. Okay. I think here you find everybody. It's like people that did are teachers or did something else before coming to this industry. And I think just the diversity of people and characters make this a fantastic industry to work in. Okay. Now let me stop you because now you've used the word characters now two times here in the last 30 seconds. Tell me more. What, what kind of characters are, are you referencing? And it, does that make it, does that make this industry unique in some way, which way, shape or form? I mean, it's, you know, like this industry is in between everything, meaning we are not producing anything. We right. are not inventing really anything. Um, we are selling services to our customers. And so there's a big sales part of what we do and convincing customers of our services. Sure. In order to tell the story of, of our services, you need to, it's, you know, in the end, it's moving stuff from A to B. How can you make it interesting? So you would take a couple of characters mm-hmm. that are very likable. Okay. And tell a story about Freightful Warning. You know, you started talking about it a little bit uh, in terms of how this industry is a little bit different or working in this industry is a little bit different. What would be some of the characteristics that you would define as a successful characteristic in order to work in this industry? Having an open mind and, you know, not being too stressed out. So, Okay. A little tough, I think, probably for for quite a few folks here the last few years. Yes, but, but um, yeah. Again, you know, it's for me personally, it's all, I compare it to mindfulness. There is so much stuff you don't have under your direct control. Mm-hmm. So I think the job of a freight forwarder is to execute well of things that you can do and really focus your attention on that. And um, you need to learn to live with all the mayhem that comes around. Normal times, COVID times. If international transportation specifically would go perfectly, there would be no need for somebody like us. Right. So we're dealing in problems. Sure. No, absolutely. Already problematic. So now... You deal with constant problems. How you deal with this? Being mindful, focusing on the information that you can provide, making sure you do your job. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right character for that, I think it can be fun because people normally love to problem solve. But you need to also be at the same time be honest that this is what it is. It's not some fancy creative, you know, like I'm designing a, a new Apple Watch. No, it's like solving on the go. And a lot of people like that. Yeah, I no, I agree. It's um, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, those that are listening to us right now, those that are in the industry or maybe they're outside the industry, um, you know, while we joke and we laugh, yes, the last few years have been have been <laughs> unprecedented, a word that you've banned. Um, you know, in normal times, there's always some sort of problems. We, we talked about it in one of our early podcasts that Casper uh, Ellerbach was on, you know, about the various touch points that are within this industry and, and just moving things from point A to point B that a lot of people don't realize. And at any step of that way, things can go wrong. And let's be honest, 
they will go wrong. So it's about how do you deal with these challenges? And, and I think you said you mentioned, you know, being open, being honest, um, and being able to problem solve. Would you say those would be your top three then? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think there's another aspect that if you want to turn it around a little bit, it's like really helping customers, really sure. helping the humans within the customers being successful. So there is, you know, sometimes you need to switch it around to change your viewpoint of like you're helping somebody to do their job. And that's what our our goal is here. Okay. So let us, let's talk about a little bit more about getting into the industry because, you know, we here at Kuninago, um, we have a variety of initiatives. It feels like always going, they're all great though. Um, but recently, you know, prior to the, the global pandemic starting, you know, we had changed some things about the way we work and the way and how we work here internally, especially when it comes to sea logistics and sea freight. And we started an office um, and the majority of the folks that ended up starting at this office didn't have any logistics experience, you know, whatsoever. Could you give me a, a little bit more about that and, and what that was like in terms of, you know, not just, of course, there's challenges and opportunities of starting a new office, but how did these people, how did, how did we, how did they get into the industry? How do, you know, especially now, not 24 years ago when, when Marcus Ryman started in the industry, but just very recently. I would start answering the question differently. I would um, first think about how we can, as Kuninago, be different than everybody else. Okay. And again, you were on the customer side. You need to work in an environment that you need to make it easier for the customer. So in the past, we had offices that we still have and will always have local offices, we call branches or customer care locations that dealt with the customer and did all the back office work, meaning, you know, in shipping, we do a lot of documentation, customers clearance, all this stuff, invoicing, bills of ladings, uh, delivery orders. All those various touch points that, that we, we've talked about a few, a few uh, episodes ago. Yes. So we were asking our people to do all of this while delivering a customer service in a very flawed environment. And we were okay. I think, we were, you know, like we are swimming all in the same lake than all the forwarders. But what can we do different? So the basic idea is to give time, more time, to the people in the branches or in the CCLs to focus on the customer. And I come back to what that means in a moment. What that means, we need to find a home for all the back office work. And we need to then increase the quality of the back office work to really get the masters, the Jedi masters of, um, of the back office work. The Jedi masters. Okay. Star Wars reference <clears throat> number one. Yes. What kind of people do you need to... We were not looking for people with experience in the industry, because if you would hire people with experience in the industry, you would go back to the old things. They only know how to do both. Right, okay. But we really want to create an excellence in in everything that's surrounding the customer, not directly communicating with the customer. So in the end, we look for people, people that, you know, are interested and have the right um, attitude, have the right character. And um, it's a super diverse from all walks of life, um, 
And they didn't need to have any experience because we would teach them what we expect them to do. And then they would get experience. So we're still in it. Are we perfect? No. But I think it's like everything, it's a journey. And I think we're making good progress. But now they can really focus on the customer and really make a difference. What I talked earlier to make the customer successful, to help the customer, to add additional services. Um, and um, that's exciting. Okay. All right. So what does is, what is the future look like? What, you know, are the challenges ever going to go away in this industry? No. No. So what could people expect? So if you were speaking to someone today, let's say, that could be fresh out of whatever school it might be, uh, maybe coming from a different industry, what would you tell them? What would, what would be Marcus's advice? If you want to learn about a connected world and how the basic foundation of um, economies function, this is the industry to start. Because you learn through the whole life cycle of a product, everything. You learn how it's ordered. You learn how it's transported. You learn how it's distributed. You learn about how what it means for companies if they don't have product at the right place. And I think whatever you do after, of course, we would like to convince you to stay in this industry. But even if you leave, this is a perfect start. And um, it's just so all-encompassing of uh, what's going on in the world that, um, that you can take it anywhere. Okay. Well said. Marcus, thank you so much for, for joining me today here on our latest podcast episode. I thought it was a really interesting discussion to hear about, you know, how you especially got into the industry, but also um, your points of view in terms of what makes this industry unique and different and fun in a lot of ways, right? And I think a lot of people out there hopefully will be inspired by it. So thank you so much for, for sitting down with me today. No, thank you, Sarah. So everyone, please be sure to tune in and follow us to hear more about our podcast series, Kuninagel's Shipping Insights, Sea Freight News, and Supply Chain Solutions. 